Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Matt. And you all know me. My name is Casey. Welcome in, everybody. We've got a great one, a long-anticipated one for me, one of my favorite films of all time. We're going to be doing Fantasia today, but before we do that, we have well, to address... Hold, hold the... on. Before, before we even get to the news, real quick, I just have to say this. We are doing Fantasia today. I will still never forget the day that I pitched the fact, hey, do you want to do an episode review of, or a movie review of Fantasia? Guys, I we, we, we do this virtually, but I can literally hear and see matt jumping up and down for joy that we were doing a movie review of fantasia like like no other show i think has been more excited he's been excited for maybe maybe sorcerers of the magic kingdom but i think this is like gonna be one of your favorite episodes i'm not gonna lie (laughs) oh absolutely like i i there there are some episodes that we you know hem and haw a little bit to each other like ah how we do that you know "Uh, i don't know and this was one that you're like how about fantasia i was like yes done put it on calendar i I literally could go and take a nap for about a half an hour and you'd be good with this episode but but yeah anyway you were saying before we get to that we got some news to cover Uh, there's been some major bombs that have been dropped in the last uh well, by the time you're listening to this, it'll be a couple weeks, but just within the last couple of days when we're recording this, um, the first of which, Matt, do you want to start with? Yeah, that is uh, the cancellation of the Disney Magical Express starting in 2022. Um, I- I'll be honest, when I saw this one, my jaw jaw dropped. Yeah, mine too. My, my Well, you posted it in the group. That your, your, your post was the first I saw of it. And then I'm like, wait a second. And I saw the post. I think it was Disney dining or something. And then I started looking at all of my sources and I was like, you have got to be kidding me. And I was about ready to say this to you before we started recording. And I said, you know what? I'm going to save this for the recording. So look, there's, we've covered this on the podcast before. A Disney vacation is not cheap. And we all know that, but I'm not one of those people who, goes around saying Disney vacations are unacceptable. They're, they're, you know, they're pricing the middleman out They're You know, there's, there's these groups and people all over the place saying that, you know, all Disney does is, is raise their prices and you don't get as much as you used to. And uh, someone wrote an article that I saw a couple days ago talking that the Disney that she grew up with, isn't the Disney of today. And it was really a frustrating article. I don't get into that usually. Usually I'm like, look, the value is there. We've talked about the value. In fact, I think it was a convince me at one point on one of our shows. But this makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. I blown. I, Disney's making the wrong call on this one. I don't get it. I, I don't understand it. I really don't. Okay, I, I was actually going to come on and question whether I was overreacting because I, I'm in the same exact boat. I don't understand it. And and now, let, to be fair, I've seen the articles of a train. I've seen the articles of the the third party company who does the Magical Express. Yeah, mirrors. Um, yep, yep. Yep. Mirrors uh, still saying, "Hey, we're still going to uh, provide transportation from the airports to the park." Like, like I I, I want to be clear that. Yes, there's so much up in the air, but I'm 100% with you. The The value of staying on property was that I didn't have to rent a car. Yep. Ergo, I didn't have to pay for parking at the yep. resort because guess what? You now have to pay for parking at the resort. So yep. 
you know, my Disney vacation went from something that becomes, if I stay at the, an all-star resort becomes really quite affordable to something that now I'm like, oh shoot, I got to rent a car and then pay 25 bucks a night. I, I'm making that number up. I don't actually know what it is, but that uh, sounds that's about- close. I think it's 25 to 30. I think it's 25 to 40 a night now. Yeah. That's pretty so, accurate. Yeah. So I got to spend an additional hundred dollars on, on parking alone. And I mean, I guess just, you could I, theoretically ride share. You could Uber theoretically. I, I, I don't, I really don't understand this move. You know, one of the, the folks in our, our group, Rob, who, who's a friend of mine from high school, and he lives down there. He lives in Orlando and he goes to Disney often. He, he had posted, you know, you know, it's a, it's a financial thing for them. You know, the, you know, the, the obviously attendance this year because of COVID, all that stuff. But this makes absolutely no sense, even financially. Yes, I understand it costs money to operate this service, but you just hit the, the nail on the head there, Matt, which is, you know, this is one of the biggest reasons why people stay on property and are willing to pay more, pay the premium for staying on property more is that transportation. Number one, the extra magic hours, which by the way, are gone. That's number two. You, 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 you know, really at this point, the only perk you get for staying on property is that now you can still make your fast passes when they eventually come back. You can make your fast passes at 60 days out. That's the only other perk. I, I am going to, I can't wait to see what happens a year from now, but I will be a betting man right now that attendance or should I say stays at the resorts on property will decline. They are going to lose revenue. There's an old saying in business that you can't cut yourself out of a good sales plan. You can't cut yourself out of good sales strategy. This is the in my mind, the most idiotic thing that they've done. I, I, I just don't, I don't understand it. Well, because why would I spend $500 to stay at the contemporary when I can spend two fifty a night to stay at the Marriott, which is a yes. really nice hotel yes. and get the same exact thing right now. I get the same exact thing, but I can park for free at the Marriott. Now. Yes, I know I have to pay for parking to then, uh, you know, park at the parks, but you you've taken out. I, I'm I'm trying to find the okay. So why should I stay on property now? What's I'll, what's I'll, the, I'll do one better for you. They're gonna drive. They're gonna drive their 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 guests not into necessarily a Marriott. They're gonna drive them over to Universal Orlando. Universal yep. Orlando is building all of these hotels. And in all the episodes we listened, I listened to Chris from the Mouse and More podcast. I listened to Mouse Chat. I listened to Lou Mangello. Everyone who's stayed at these resorts over at Universal Lindo say the value you get for staying on property, you can stay at like a deluxe version of their hotel or, or maybe, even, maybe a moderate version of their hotel for what a value price would be at Disney. So why wouldn't I just make, you know, and I've said this on the pod before, don't go do Universal and Disney at the same time. Well, guess what? Maybe I'm going to, maybe I'm going to do Universal and do the two days at Universal on property where I get the fast passes for free for staying on property. I get the, the speed pass and then maybe I'll take a day or two and come over to Disney instead. It, it, it whoever made this decision, it makes no sense. It, it, it really doesn't for, and, and I know I'm not the only one. I don't know about the, the podcast that you listen to, but again, the ones that I listen to, they're, they're the travel. They're all scratching their heads. The travel agents are going, what, what are you doing? 
Yeah, no, no one can make heads or tails. And to be honest with you, you know, the FastPass thing, uh, I am sensing that the next announcement, because FastPass Plus right now is not happening. Mm-hmm. I think the next announcement from Disney is that FastPass Plus is going to start costing money. I, I don't agree. know that for sure. That's based on nothing. I just, I, I feel it in my bones. I, I feel you too, buddy. I feel you too. So that leads us to number two. What was the second announcement? That second announcement was Disneyland has suspended their annual pass, which again, when I read that today, boggles my mind. I, I get what's happening. I mean, they haven't, they're going to be coming up on a year here momentarily where they haven't been open for a whole year, which that's crazy to me. And, and there's no clear end in sight. I mean, they'll be lucky to be open by summer, probably more like fall is when I think they'll be open. So I get the whole, maybe temporarily suspending it while that's going on, but they're, Basically, before we got on, you said it. They're basically canceling it, and they're reimagining membership services, whatever the heck that means. I have had this theory for a very long time that Disney doesn't like to be in the annual pass game because it they don't make enough money from it because they can come and go when they please. Annual pass holders don't uh, spend as much in the parks as a tourist. I I always thought if they were to get rid of annual passes, they would have gotten rid of annual passes at Walt Disney World, where it's more touristy, and left them in effect at Disneyland, which is more kind of the locals. This blows my mind again. But there, you pointed out why they keep, can keep it at Walt Disney World, because at Walt Disney World, they have the tourists to yeah. sustain the operation, whereas... Yeah, I mean, you talk to people and, uh, you know, I listen to podcasts of people that live near Disneyland. Yeah, there was one guy that said, uh, I listened to a podcast that said, I literally went in to Disneyland to watch Dick Van Dyke in a parade and then I left. That was it. That's what I did. I mean, I know people, I know people who, who, who have have said who have annual passes for Disneyland. It's a rite of passage for them. They've been handed down from generation to generation, almost kind of like, like club seats at a ballpark kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. They live in the, the the area where Disneyland's at. They'll go over to Disneyland for their lunch and then leave. Like, they'll be on work. They'll take their hour and a half lunch, go to Disneyland for a half an hour, an hour, and then leave and go back to work. Like, that's – I can see why Disney's doing it. I just – Again, it's it, it just there's a lot of things going on right now. And again, I don't know the fiscal picture over there at Disneyland. I mean, they've laid off pretty much they've laid off everybody over there. And I know California is not playing ball when it comes to COVID, and I understand and and all that stuff. And it's the most unprecedented times ever. But we we were kind of making these predictions way back when when we when we thought that Disney would use this situation to maybe revamp some of the stuff that maybe they couldn't revamp before. I mean. How often do you ever get a chance to shut down operations for any period of time, let alone the amount of time that they've been shut down, to be able to say, all right, we're going to shut down, we're going to start fresh. It makes me wonder what some of the changes at Walt Disney World that have been in place might stay. You know, uh, again, this this um, park reservation system, is that going to stay? Who knows? And that's a topic for another episode, but um, we just had to start with these, these news announcements because... Um, they're pretty, they're pretty big. They're pretty, uh, you know, colossal. Yeah. I think, I think you pointed it out there. I'm excited to hear what the, okay, but now what that they drop these bombshell announcements and clearly they, they must have a plan beyond this. Like there's not going to be nothing in terms of annual pass. And there's also, I don't believe that Disney is going to cut themselves totally out of benefits of staying on property. It just, they don't follow up the 
hey, we're canceling the Magical Express with, and we're also then going to be building this or doing this, and that's going to be the alternative. And that's what I'm excited mm-hmm. to hear is the alternative. Absolutely. So before we get started, I have to tell you. So, you know, we've been talking about missing the parks. I have this this recurring situation whenever I have a trip scheduled. I don't know if I've ever told you this. I have a, this recurring situation whenever I have a trip scheduled that like a few weeks before the trip, I start having Disney dreams, Disney parks dreams. And I call them almost Disney nightmares because I get all the way down to the Magic Kingdom and I can see the Magic Kingdom. But for some unknown reason, I cannot get into the Magic Kingdom. I either forget my passes or there's a giant flood that's stopping me from getting into the park or all these (laughs) random things. So I don't have a trip planned yet. The last like two weeks, I've been having these Disney dreams of trying to get into the park and I can't get into the park. I think it's my body telling me, all right, Casey, it's been almost a year. Why haven't you been to Disney? You need to start planning your trip. And it's weird because I don't have my main gate passes to do it. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's let's move into uh, the topic at hand. We've spent almost half our episode talking about news. Um, we're talking about Fantasia and this awesome movie. And like I said, I'm going to turn it over to you because you wrote a paper on Fantasia. So what's up with that? Yes. So I'm, I'm a classically trained musician. Uh, I've mentioned this on the podcast a couple times, but for those of you that don't know, um, I'm a French horn player by trade. So I grew up, you know, in band and other stuff like that. So Fantasia was introduced to me at an early age. If you talk to pretty much any classically trained musician, Fantasia is something they are, are aware of. Um, because if you don't know what Fantasia is, it's this like, it's a classical concert piece that is put to animation. And so, um, you know, I was a music major in college. And we had to take a senior seminar, which was a, you know, a big final paper. And I remember like, I, I very much distinctly remember we were picking our topics and I'm sitting there going, I, I, you know, I'm not a big paper writer. I don't like writing papers. That was never my strong suit. Um, I like writing, just not papers. And so, you know, I'm like, oh man, you know, I, I, I don't even remember what the idea I had was, but then all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, what if I did a paper on Fantasia? And I like, and I, and I started kind of formulating this. I'm like, oh, okay. And I, I stood up and I, I walked very briskly to the professor's office and quickly pitched this idea like, Hey, is this okay? And she was like, yeah, I mean, you, you, you like go through a little bit of history and analyze the pieces with the animation. She's like, yeah, yeah, those will work. And, and I was ecstatic and Casey and listeners, I am the biggest procrastinator. Uh, many of the episodes I edit get edited like oh like a good 12 hours before release like Um, by the time you've listened to this the pirates of the caribbean episode has been out yet matt has not finished the pirates of the caribbean editing yet even though it's due out tomorrow would that be accurate that is accurate not done yet mostly (laughs) done but not done yet so i am the biggest procrastinator i had this paper done a month early before it was due that is awesome so I want you to get into the history a little bit of it, because obviously you're the expert here. I will tell you that I enjoy Fantasia. Fantasia is, I enjoy it. It is unlike any other movie in Disney's catalog, though, other than maybe Fantasia 2000, which is a different thing. But it it, it, it was really meant to be kind of this uh, almost like um, uh, trailblazing kind of idea that Walt had. And, and mind you, this was 1940. So 
it's not like you know disney was i mean they were successful walt was successful that you know walt disney uh, company was successful but they weren't out of the woods quite yet i mean let, let's be very honest i don't know which one is this this is number is this number three in, three. in the series yeah, yep. so this is the third of the animated series. You had Snow White, and then what came after Snow White? It was, um, that was Pinocchio after that. Yeah, that's right. So this is the third one. So you have this massive success, which is Snow White. Then you have this colossal failure, which is Pinocchio. And mind you, also the most expensive or one of the most expensive animated movies because of all the, I mean, it's a beautifully animated movie and it's gone on to become an amazing movie, but colossal failure and then walt goes and does this and everyone's like what are you doing like what is this all about so tell us a little bit about like what is this movie why is it so different why did we we not see really anything like it other than fantasia 2000 which came much 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 later really it kind of bore out of walt was worried that mickey mouse was kind of falling into oblivion And so he wanted to kind of bring him to the silver screen, you know, at by 1937. Okay. uh, Pause. I have my college paper like pulled up on my computer right now. And that's what I'm pulling all this information of. You want to humble yourself, go read a paper that you wrote about, you know, what, uh, eight years ago and, and see how much (laughs) you changed. Um, so by 1937, there's over 1500 Mickey Mouse clubs in the United States, but he wanted to make him more like than just like slapstick comedy person. He wanted to make him do a serious role. So he chose the source of the apprentice and the piece by Paul Dukas. Um, and then kind of it was a chance encounter with the conductor of the Philadelphia orchestra, which was Leopold Stokowski, which is the person um, that you hear when Mickey comes up and Mr. Stokowski, Mr. Stokowski. Uh, That's, that's who he's referring to. And Stokowski's big thing was he, he wanted to make music accessible to everyone. And so that kind of started this partnership of Walt wanting to do something innovative and Stokowski wanting to make music more uh, accessible to the uh, lay person, so to speak. Um, you know, I, being a classically trained musician, I love going to the symphony. I understand for a person who is not into classical music, the symphony can be very intimidating. It's you got to dress up and go. And then sometimes pieces are 35 to 45 minutes long and you just sit there and listen to them. It, it, I understand it. And so that was the whole idea. And then of course, Walt was a big innovator. And so he was looking for new innovative ways to make movies. You know, my brother, my brother was in marching band in high school. And I think had he not been in marching band, I don't necessarily know if I would have appreciated, um, uh, classical music as much as I do. I mean, I'm, I'm a lay person, but I also now because of him being a marching man and seeing what he and all of his friends and all these people I grew up with kind of went to produce the, the, these pieces. It, it really is amazing when you can see how all these individual people come together to create these beautiful melodies. Right. So I, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so it, it was at this point that Walt was like, okay, how do we make this even better? And this is the the creation of something that uh, it was really, really awesome for the movie, but also hindered it. And that was Fantasound. And that was kind of the early stages of surround sound. Mm-hmm. And so the idea behind it was, you know, that you were 
you were surrounded by the symphony orchestra and you it, it sounded better. Um, now, this hindered the movie because it meant that in order for a theater to show this movie, they had to install and pay for the Fanta sound equipment. So I want to say, I think I have in this paper somewhere, but I, I think it only premiered in like 20 some odd theaters because of this. So yeah. while that was an awesome quality thing, it also hindered it a lot. Correct me if I'm wrong. D- didn't they kind of start out with this idea? And maybe it wasn't for this movie. Maybe it was something Walt had this um, idea of of he 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 would play classical music for his animators and just say animate whatever you feel. What does the music bring to your mind? Is it colors? Is it shapes? I swear that was an exercise that Walt did with his animators, even with themselves. And I don't know if it was with this movie in particular, or if that was like the precursor to this, but I I remember hearing a story that that's kind of one of, one of Walt's philosophies was he would let the music kind of play. And that would allow you to, to envision, you know, if you hear a a beautiful ballad, you might envision a flower, you know, kind of moving along on the wind or something. Is that this movie, or maybe do you think precursor to this movie? I'm not sure. Um, I don't have that information, but that sounds right. And if you look at a lot of, especially the opening piece, the opening piece is Toccata and Fugue in D minor by Bach, Johann Sebastian Bach. And it's all just abstract images. So it's, it, 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 you can't really describe it. And so it just, um, that very much feels like Walt would have just said, here, here's the piece and just, animate what you hear with some of the other pieces with more of a plot line. I can understand kind of needing to look at the piece and organize it, organize it in terms of a plot. Um, but I'll bet for that opening piece that that seems like something that he would, that, that he just said here, go. Now you had, you had mentioned that, you know, he obviously wanted to invigorate Mickey mouse. Um, I I had heard, and, and I think this was one of our trivia questions at one point that Cassandra had even asked us, uh, who we used to work with, you know, we had obviously, we know that, that Mickey was not the original apprentice. It was going to be dopey. So clearly it sounds like Walt maybe had started Fantasia, maybe without the idea of putting Mickey Mouse into it. And then as, like you said, he kind of realized that Mickey maybe needed a little bit of a um, push or a little bit more of a, a catalyst to become more successful. He changed out dopey for, for Mickey. So it sounds like maybe he didn't start Fantasia with Mickey in mind, but eventually Mickey found his way into there. Exactly. Yeah, it, it definitely. Yeah. Dopey was well, cause um, you know, again, we're talking two films removed from snow white, snow white being a massive hit. Dopey yeah. is your popular. I mean, I he's still very that. popular today. Yeah, That makes total sense. I mean, it's only two films removed. It's only a few years removed. So that makes total sense why they'd want to put dopey there. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, kind of what, what we're talking, you know, there, there's, there's plenty of stuff in here just to go through it. You have Takata and Fugue in, in D minor by Bach. You have the Nutcracker Suite by Tchaikovsky, which I'm sure all of you around Christmas time have heard the music of. Um, here, we'll, I'll, we'll insert some music here from the Nutcracker that you very much will recognize. Be like, oh yeah, I've heard that on a Christmas CD. Um, yep, The Sorcerer's Apprentice by Dukas. 
Rite of Spring by Stravinsky. Then you have an intermission where they do some funky stuff. Then you have Beethoven's Pastoral Symphony, which is Symphony Number no. Six. Wrote a paper on that one as well. Oh, that's my Beethoven's great. I don't have time to get into that. Um, <laughs> you have Dance of the Hours by oh, I, I'm so sorry, classically trained musician people, Poncinelli, and Night on Bald Mountain by Mazorsky and finally Ave Maria by Schubert. And the bald mountain one is the one with Chernabog, the demon. So, uh, well, and you know, it's amazing to me because so this movie is so out of the ordinary yet. Everything that we have come to love about the Walt Disney company is embodied in sorcerer mickey imagineering the imagineering building their 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 logo is the is the sorcerer hat um fantastic everything that has come out of imagineering which therefore again the logo is sorcerer mickey it, it comes back to this like again the movie itself is not very popular among the non-disney fandom or the non um, uh, uh, classically trained musicians or folks who enjoy classical music. It's not necessarily a popular regular, you know, popular movie among Disney lay people yet. If this movie didn't exist, none of that other stuff would exist. This was Walt's really, you know, he was always pushing the edge of what he could do next. I would argue that his whole idea of, of, of the sound system with what we call it Fanta sound, I think is what you call yeah, it. Fanta sound. So I would argue that his foray into exploring this surround sound, this Fanta sound and pushing the edge here, this is where he started to lay the groundwork for how he could create experiences beyond just the movie, which then, you know, 15 years later, 1955, what happens? Oh yeah. Disneyland, I, 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 this movie has such an important part in Disney history that if you're not a if you're not a Disney fan and you're just a, geni- a general layperson, you may not fully grasp the importance of this movie. Well, and and not just Sorcerer Mickey, but if you watch all of this stuff, like, I mean, the dancing hippos, dancing alligators, dancing yeah. ostriches, like that's from this movie. Like there, there's a lot of stuff in this movie that still permeates throughout the Disney company. And, you know, interestingly enough, when this premiered, it, it flopped and it really wasn't until, hang on, let me scroll down to another point of my paper. Um, I believe <laughs> 1969, when college students all of a sudden figured out, like they discovered this and uh, it, 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 they loved it. And so it caused Disney to release it again in theaters because young people caught it and were like, this is so amazing. So it, it really took 30 years for this film to really catch on and now become. I want to kind of bounce off of that for a moment because I think there's two, two points now. So we kind of are up to the 1960s. We're past, you know, we're 30 years after release or, you know, between 20 and 30 years. Two things I want to call out here. So Walt always intended this to be something that he added on to every couple of years. And it never really came to fruition until his nephew, I think it's his nephew, his nephew in the 80s and 90s, Roy E. Disney, um, basically took up that mantle and did 
produce Fantasia 2000, which really took um, almost 10 years to produce. It started production in 1990, took almost 10 years, debuted December 17th, 1999 is when it came out. Um, and he kind of took that as a mantle because he understood how important that was to his uncle. I'll also say that this is one of those movies and many Disney movies have this, I don't want to call it a stain, but this legacy of there was some controversy on this particular movie um, in terms of racial stereotypes as well. Yeah. So the Beethoven pastoral symphony, uh, the depiction uh, is like the uh, Greek gods is kind of where it's going on. And uh, there, it, when it was originally animated, there was some, the, some of the centaurs or Pegasus. I, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on it right now. Um, a black, a black centaurette called sunflower was depicted polishing the hooves of the white centaurette and the second name Otika appeared briefly during the procession scene with Bacchus and his followers. Uh, According to Disney archivist David Smith, the sequence was aired uncut on television in 1963 before the edits were made for the films, and you talked about earlier, the 1969 theatrical release. Um, John Carnican, the editor responsible for the change in the 1991 video release, said it is sort of appalling to me that these stereotypes were ever put in. And then it says film critic Roger Ebert commented on the edit. While the original film should, of course, be preserved for historical purposes, there's no need for general release version to perpetrate racist stereotypes in a film designed primarily for children. And so apparently ever since then, the edits have been in place for all theatrical and home video releases. So it, tells me that i don't think i've ever seen the original um i don't know if you particularly have unless you maybe looked it up on youtube i i think that's one of those if i really wanted to i could look it up on youtube but i i'm not in the like camp of i want to see this in its purest form i want to see the original like that that just doesn't it's that's not the reason I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this because it's a great mesh of Disney classical music, you know, making classical music accessible to somebody who maybe wouldn't listen to classical music. And so, yeah, like clearly that should be, that edit should be made and was, and that movie is, is, is better for it to be honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and again, this is not the only Disney movie out there um, with the advent of Disney plus we have seen several edits. Um, the, the birds, uh, the, the crows and Dumbo um, I believe have been edited out for Disney plus um, there's also, a, or, or at least something, some one of the scenes has been edited. There's been a couple of scenes. Um, there's even been talk that Disney could very easily put if they haven't done so already, like Warner brothers, you know, a disclaimer that, you know, this movie is a, product of its time you know these racial stereotypes etc etc but again if you think about it 1969 i I mean that's 51 years ago 52 years ago is that right am i got my timeline yeah 52 years ago yes i would i would argue that with very few exception most generations who are currently alive have only ever seen this movie in its current form not the original form and so to them it is the original form. You know what I mean? Exactly. So can I, can I classical music nerd out for a second? Go ahead. I'll give you, I'll give you a 60 second nerd out. Go. 
Okay, so the Sorcerer's Apprentice, which is is clearly probably what you know from this. Again, it's the brooms, it's Sorcerer Mickey, it's the Sorcerer Yen Sid. He shows up, uh, every, you know, in a lot of stuff. I, 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 I cannot go through all of this right now, but the attention to detail with what the music is doing versus what the animation is doing. So like the main theme of it, the bum, 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 bum. It starts out early with the sorcerer doing the magic and then that theme comes back again when Mickey is doing like the magic initially, but it's in a simple form. And then when the magic gets out of control, it's all these different layers upon layers of that melody. Mm. It's, it's so well done. If, if honestly, if you really want to read this paper, if you are really interested in this, all this history, email us, Beers and ears, 1928 at gmail.com. No, I will happily. No, no. I, I was going to say you should just put it up on the Facebook group. Just I, I can, I can happily put this out there. If you want to read this, you want to look at this. I have pictures of all the music. I, and... I, I want to look at it. I think you should put some pictures. I, th- I How long is it? How many pages is it? Uh, it's like 20 pages. So it's like, I a, mean, it's like a thesis. It's a, it's a thesis. It's, so it's a, so, it's a, it's a mini thesis. So get, take a screenshot and let's get it out there for, I was going to say, you should put it out there for our listeners. I mean, I guess theoretically, if somebody wanted to plagiarize off of you, then there it is. I mean, you know, 10 year old paper, 12 year old paper, but I would love to read it. First of all, unlike you, I love to write. I'm I'm a huge writer and I I love writing papers. So I would just love to read it just for the history part of it. So I think you should, I think you should put it out on the Facebook group. Yeah. I I will, I will make this accessible is what is is the moral of this story. So yeah, I, cause I I go through both Takata and Fugue and, and uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice in this and talk about a bunch of other stuff real quick. So do you have anything else? Cause I have one more fun factoid before we begin to wrap up. I have a good way to end it. So go ahead with your factoid. Okay. So one thing that I learned very early on um, when I became a Disney fan, that a lot of people don't realize. So when you go down to the parks, both Disneyland and Disney World, back in 1993, um, Blaine Gibson, a a statue artist, um, was commissioned to create a statue of Walt Disney holding the hand of Mickey Mouse. And he was really excited about it. And he, you know, he, he, he had all these different iterations. But one of the things that he struggled with was how tall to make Mickey in relation to Walt Disney because the two had obviously, I mean, obviously Mickey's an animated character, Disney's a live character, but the two had never been, you know, um, uh, um, put together. Right. And so what they decided to do was go back to that scene that you referenced earlier when Mickey walks up to Leopold uh, Sikowski and says, Hey, Mr. Sikowski, da, 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 da. And they referenced that animation, how tall Mickey was to Leopold, to, to Mr. Stokowski, to be able to make how tall Mickey was in reference to Disney. Mr. Stokowski? Mr. Stokowski? <whistles> My congratulations, sir. <laughs> congratulations to you, Mickey. Gee, thanks. <laughs> well, so long. Did you know that? Huh. 
I did not know that. That's I mean that it makes sense. What a genius move by that guy. But yeah, I did that. I did not know that. Interesting. Isn't that a fun li- little fun little factoid? And if yeah. you think about it, this was made after Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I'm sorry, when I say this, I mean the, the statue. The statue was made in 1993. Who Framed Roger Rabbit came out in 1989. So if you look, Mickey never really stands next to a human, even in, in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So they had no reference. This was the only reference where M- Mickey had ever stood next to a human character. So what a just genius way to use, you know, it's like, it's like the old saying goes, no good idea ever goes wasted in the Walt Disney Company. Yeah, holy cow. So I, I got I got two things to wrap up, and they're they're pretty quick. Um, one, if you if you have not seen this movie, please go and watch it. Yes. Um, I, 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 it it you, you need to experience it. Try to get into a surround sound thing. You know, it it you need to experience it. But by way of proxy too. Now I know this is not happening right now because of the pandemic. But if you have not been to a classical music concert. I also encourage you to go. If you need some help deciding what should I go to, I'm very, again, email us beers and ears, 1928 at gmail.com. I'm happy to help you pick out which, uh, classical music concert you should attend. Um, I, 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 it's really something you should experience at least once. If you hate it after that, that's fine. I get it. It's not everyone's cup of tea, but definitely experience it. There is something really, really cool. So finally, here is my idea for the future of Fantasia. I think that kind of going off of, and you mentioned this earlier, Casey, that, you know, Walt's thing was, I want to keep adding on to this, almost like kind of wanted to make it a yearly thing. And I kind of think this is a perfect way with the internet, with YouTube, with uh, other platforms like that. I would love to see a Fantasia project website, social media page, I don't care. And every year they release, you know, three or four pieces and you can involve professional orchestras. You could have high school bands and orchestras, college bands and orchestras, community bands and orchestras record and and rotate that differently and bring in, uh, whether it's your most seasoned animators or, uh, or new animators to have this be the first shot that they get at animated animating something. I think it'd be really, really cool to every year have a Fantasia type concert with all new stuff and, and all new stories and music. And I, I think that would be insanely cool. Maybe not every year, maybe every three years or five years. I don't know, but I think that sounds like an amazing idea to try to keep this thing going. I, I love that idea. I love that you're bringing, you know, high schools into, I mean, it, you call it the Fantasia project or, or something along that. I absolutely love that idea. I absolutely love that idea. Um, well, and kind I, of, I think, this, yeah, kind of what this comes from is, when I was in high school, I did a, we did stuff down at Disney world. And if you've, if you did band stuff down at Disney world, you may know this, but one of the days was a workshop. Mm-hmm. And so we worked with a Disney, you know, music person. And the kind of culmination of the end of that workshop was we played the music of a famous Disney movie scene. And then they put what we played to the music. So we played something from Tarzan. So we got this like short little minute long, minute and a half long clip of our band playing the music of Tarzan 
and it was super cool. It was so awesome. And I just can't think of the excitement of that you would get from people that would play something and have it Disney be able to have their magic infused into that. It It would just be so cool. And it's not like Disney has ever shied away from the fine arts. I mean, again, yes, they're a movie and attraction and entertainment based company. But when you look at some of the other stuff they do, especially like in the theater, it's not like they've ever shied away from that. I mean, this is definitely something that I think they could do. And the question just becomes, is there enough interest there? But I think for, you know, for that, that 14 or, you know, 15 year old kid in high school, who's not an athlete, who's not into football, who's not into basketball. They're, they're more into their creative side. This, this, and they love Disney or, or they grew up on Disney. This is a great way to infuse that. I know my brother's um, um, marching band band director, uh, Scott Kramer, who, who I think he still teaches at, at John Glenn high school in, in Westland, Michigan. He, he was a huge Disney fan and he brought Disney into his, into his students' classroom all the time. In fact, my first exposure to Fantasia was when they did their one season. I think it was my brother's uh, uh, ninth grade year, uh, uh, I think 2001 maybe, or 2000. Um, They did uh, The Sorcerer's Apprentice and Night on Bald Mountain as their marching band um, act. And they, oh, it was, it was so cool. It was absolutely so cool. So this has been fun. I, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel going into this episode because again, I, I love Fantasia. It's also a hard episode for me, at least, to talk about. But with your your history of of describing it in your paper, you know, some factoids and and just really kind of getting into it, this has been a fun episode. I've really enjoyed this. Well, I I, I was so geeked to again unearth <laughs> this paper, and as as I said, like this is the one thing in college that I thoroughly enjoyed doing. Um, and I don't mean that as like, I was miserable in college, just (laughs) school is not my thing. Homework is not my thing. I just, I I don't find enjoyment in it. I did it because I'm a responsible person and I'm smart enough to know I need a college degree, but this, I truly enjoyed crafting this. And so it was really cool to kind of bring back the memories of crafting this kind of thinking about college and wow, that was so much fun. And, and so, and I, 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 so I'm happy that you suggested it. I'm I'm happy. This was, I I hope, I hope all of you listeners can sense how excited I am about this movie. (laughs) That is awesome. Well, it is closing time. And so from a social perspective, if you guys want to take a look at Matt's paper, he's going to post it up with screenshots in our Facebook group. So you can find us at beers and ears podcast uh i'm sorry the the beers and ears podcast on facebook um you can also find us on twitter and instagram at beers ears 1928 you can email us at beers and ears 1928 at gmail.com um you know guys we have i was just we were looking at numbers before we started recording today we have a consistent listener base and we want to say thank you thank you thank you for listening as always if you're not already subscribing to us like if you're listening to us just on our website first of all awesome but please subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to be it apple or uh, stitcher or google we got a hundred of them i think Amazon. Um, we got Amazon. Those of you, in, Amazon. those of you who are listening to us in India, we want to say thank you. We know we have a good loyal listener base in India as well, so thank you. In fact, all over the world, we got a great listener base. But just um, please hit subscribe because that helps us. And if you haven't written a review or given us a five star review, um, that helps other people find the podcast as well. Um, so anyway, 
Uh, we really appreciate you listening. Matt, I think it's time to uh, uh, close out the show. What do you think? Let's raise that glass. This episode's been on us. We will see you all next time. Have a great day, everybody.